we're looking at the peace that the Lord offers us. It's a true peace. But we only find true peace through Him. You know, we can look elsewhere for peace. Uh, it's only going to be temporary, you know. Uh, but with Him, once we please Him, and His, His whole reason that we're celebrating is this month, remembrance is that God wanted to reconcile Himself with you and me. He was separated from His creation. Well, put it this way, he's separated from his children. And he wanted to find a way to bring his kids back home. And so Jesus says, I'll go down, Father. I'll go down. And so if you have peace with, with the Lord, you've been reconciled with God. There's an inner peace and no one can steal that from you. You know, you can give it away, but no one can steal it from you. You just need to concentrate on that. And the day that we are in, but we need more of that. I was talking to a friend of mine this week. I hadn't seen him for a while. We were talking about the Lord and church and prayer. And and uh, he, he made a comment. And I said, oh, man. Cause we were talking about the scripture I had there a couple weeks ago. Man don't live on bread alone, but every word proceeds from the mouth of God. And I thought, you know, it's kind of like on, it's like if you're on a, you ever get in a hurry, you go through a drive-thru. Ever ever go through a drive-thru and grab food? I got three people telling the truth. The rest of you guys are lying to me. Okay, but you go through. You grab maybe a Wendy's or a burger, or whatever taco, and oh, that's awesome. It's good. But if that's all you ever ate, it wouldn't be that, great, that healthy for you, right? You have to go home once in a while and cook a meal yourself and sit down, or or at least microwave something somebody gave you. It was more nutritious. It was kind of like on Sunday you come in and like. Kind of like this is a drive-through. You come in, you grab a bite to eat the word of the Lord. You know, oh man, this is awesome. Okay, but if that's the only thing you ate all this coming week. You you'll get pretty weak, you know. And so, a good thing to do is is have leftovers. One thing is, you know, as we share the message today, write down the scriptures, and all during the week you can eat the same thing over again. But every time you heat it back up again by praying and studying it, it, it has a different flavor to it, don't it? The Lord just takes on a whole new thing just every time you concentrate on that. That's what you need to do, and especially, again, the days we're in. Start your day off in the morning with prayer, coffee with the Lord, uh, reading your, your scriptures, you know. And don't let anyone take that away from you. Unless it's in a dire emergency. You know, someone calls you, oh, it might be an emergency. Hello. Hey. Hey, Pastor, this is Charlie. I'm buying breakfast this morning. Hey, make it lunch. I'll meet you at noon, okay? But I'm still in prayer this morning. And uh, and just set things off the side like that and put God first. Because uh, trying to steal our joy. We have hope. We talked about last week, you know. Next week, I believe, is, is, is joy and love. I believe it is correct. I don't have Carol behind me to keep me correct today, so I don't know. It's on that. But. Yeah, you don't realize how much people do for you until they're not available, you know. So, but today we are going to break bread together as brothers and sisters in the Lord, and I want to share with you scripture. I'm going to turn that center light up. But uh, today I want to share what Brother Paul wrote. I'm going to share it through the the uh, Passion translation, you know, because. Uh, you know, there were issues in the church. You know, churches can have issues, amen? Because we're all people, and people can have issues, okay? And so they wrote a letter to Paul explaining some of these things. And uh, so he, of course, Paul would pray it over, and, and his reply was, so if you want to, follow me. I'm in First Corinthians chapter 11. I'm going to start with verse 17. And 
uh, pardon me, yeah, verse 17, well, I'm going to start at. I bought some new light bulbs, so next week will be a little brighter in here, so, yeah. So he's addressing some issues, now Paul will start off, and he'll say, now, on this matter, I wish I could commend you, <laughs> but I cannot, because when you meet together as a church family, it is doing more harm than good. Ah! Imagine that. He says, as meeting together, the church family is doing more harm than good. Now, that's kind of sad, isn't it? You think coming together, we're here to embrace one another, encourage one another. Uh, talk about Jesus, amen? How many conversations we have about Jesus so far this morning? I'm like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. But he said, you know, We can gather other places and have great conversation. And it's not, you don't have to talk about Jesus all the time. But somewhere in your conversation, Jesus is going to pop up, right? Yeah. He's saying you always tell what someone is taking to the life because that's what's going to come out. You know? We could do a taste test right now. And I could grab an apple, garlic, and an onion. And let our praise and worship team, each one take a bite, a separate one. And you go up and talk to them real close. And you can tell what they consumed, right? <laughs> Looking for the one that had the apple. <laughs> okay? And that's the same way with us. You know, whatever we're consuming, whatever we're, we're taking in the most is going to come out in our conversations and stuff. And that's how we become the salt of the earth. Okay? Because we're taking the Word of God, and the Word of God preserves life. It, it causes life to, to flourish and have better taste. And so when we're involved in a conversation, somewhere in that conversation, uh, the Lord's going to, you're going to find a way to bring the Word of God out to encourage somebody. Amen? Yeah. But it wasn't taking place here, you know. Uh, to me, I, I think I, see, I saw like a division in the church. High State Buckeyes over here, Michigan people over here, you know, back and forth, back and forth. Big division in that. But he says in verse 18, but I've been told many times that when you meet as a congregation, division and cliques emerge. And to some extent, this doesn't surprise me. So he's saying, hey, some of you guys get your own small little groups. Yeah. I'm not saying you guys do. Okay, we're talking about the whole thing. This is Paul's letter to him, you know. And, but we can look at his conversation and make sure we don't get involved with it too, you know. But uh, they had like these people were here and these over here. And they wouldn't communicate to anybody else, you know. Maybe some thought they was better than other people, you know. Uh, and he said, man, watch out for these cliques, you know, because we got to remember who we are in Christ. And it's easy. I mean, it's easy for, I mean, after service today, for me me and Ryan maybe get together and start talking because law enforcement background, you know. But wait a second. We can do that anytime, you know. Let's go out here and, you know, talk about the farmers and see what's going on and stuff, you know, or other things, nurses, that kind of stuff, you know. Just watch out with the clicks that, that keeps other people uh, from joining in. 19 says, Differences of opinion are unavoidable, yet they reveal which ones among you truly have God's approval. So there will be uh, different opinions. Not everyone here is going to agree with me, right? When it comes to politics, it comes to what we have for dinner, that kind of stuff, right? Uh, but it says, Truly, that should never separate us. Fellowship. Amen? 
Now, he says, when all your house churches gather as one church, family, you're not really properly celebrating the Lord's Supper. So, again, those days they're having, churches taking place in a lot of homes, you know. Uh, people might gather over at uh, Joe's place and up at Fernando's, you might have ten here, ten here. But they come together as a big congregation when they could. And uh, he said that you're not properly celebrating the Lord's Supper because you get down. There's competition coming on, you know. You know, Fernando shows up all the Mexican food for his dinner, you know. And then Vicky comes in and she has uh, eggplant, you know. And so everybody's biting back and forth. I want Vicky. I want to sit beside Fernando. But when it comes time to eat, some gobble down their food before anything is given to others. And one is left hungry while others become drunk. Hmm. He's saying putting other people first, you know. Amen. Don't you all have homes where you can eat and drink? Don't you realize that you're showing a superior attitude by humiliating those who have nothing? And yeah, he just put it out there and said, listen, we should always watch out for other people. Not, nothing wrong. If I came in the day for dinner and I brought in a turkey hot dog and you brought him prime rib, there's nothing wrong with that, okay? You can sit beside me and we eat back and forth, but not to make fun of me because all I can afford is a turkey hot dog. It'd be really awesome if you shared some of your prime rib, you know? But uh, again, trying to, trying to bless one another and lift up one another, not casting anybody down because Jesus never did. He came to save, rescue all of us, no matter what our backgrounds are. Are you trying to show contempt for God's beloved church? How should I address this appropriately? If you're looking for my approval, well, in this matter here, you're not going to find it, he's saying. Come together and love. But he said, I've handed down to you what came to me by direct revelation from the Lord himself. So the same night in which Jesus was handed over, he took bread and he gave thanks. Then he distributed it to the disciples and said, Take it and eat your fill. It is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So he's saying to them, this, this is my body. He's saying this represents my body. I know some people take it literally that that's God's, Christ's body. No, he's saying this is my body. Again, when we take bread today, we break it, we eat of it, we remind of his body that was given up for us. Then he says in verse 25, he did the same with a cup of wine after supper and said, this cup seals a new covenant with my blood. Drink it. Whenever you drink this, do this in remembrance of me. In the same way with that with the cup. I know some people go back and forth and say, well, it was wine, but it was... Uh, well, they make a stuff called near beer. There's no alcohol in it. One. It was wine. Okay. Uh, it wasn't a drunk party. Okay. Uh, but he says, verse 26, Whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you're retelling the story, proclaiming of our Lord's death until he comes. Mm. That's the reason we do this. Remembering his death. Remembering that his death was given for you. Because Christ died for your sins, you'll never die. Amen? When you receive him and a follower of Christ, man, and... Again, it goes back to to peace. I mean, of all the frustrations in the world and stuff, knowing that you've been reconciled with God, that your sin debt has been paid for. 
as you follow the Master. And you sang a song really, I think it was, to be more like Jesus, something like that. And the scriptures, you know, and the songs, lyrics, that's what we want to be, like Jesus, right? And so we need to allow everything to come into our life to make us like Jesus. And anything that's trying to mold you in the way of the world, to cast that out. Not, not, don't even play with it. Don't even entertain it. Don't even be around it. In verse 27 it says, For this reason, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in the wrong spirit will be guilty of dishonoring the body and blood of the Lord. So let each individual first evaluate his own attitude and only then eat the bread and drink the cup. So he said, reminding them, hey, listen, check where your heart is first, okay? It's like saying, okay, let's get the communion over with. I know we got dinner back here and stuff. He said, let's check your heart. If we judge ourselves, God won't have to, Amen. If you find something that hard of yours that's not of the Lord, repent from it. You know, He wants us to do that. Remember, oh, thank you, Lord. You paid the penalty for my sins. Checking ourselves. In verse 29, for continually eating and drinking with the wrong spirit will bring judgment upon yourself by not recognizing the body. This insensitivity is why many of you are weak chronically ill, and some are even dying. Now this says again, that this is why many, not saying all, but many are. He goes back again to wanting to be like Jesus. And if we, and if we don't, we don't judge ourselves. If we don't look at ourselves and say, I know the scripture says not to do this, but I'm doing it anyway. Now, am I saying you're not a follower of Jesus? No, I'm not saying that. Now, it could be depending on what the sin is. But that could be detrimental to you because the Holy Spirit has revealed to you and the Word of God has revealed to you, hey, man, this is sin. Stay away from it. We have to go back to the Scripture saying, man, the wages of sin is what? It's death. So, and sometimes we say, well, well, yeah, I know I shouldn't be doing this here, but I'm not hurting nobody but myself. But that's a lie. But when you stay, perfectly stay in sin, you're hurting me and anyone that you ever try to pray for. Because there's a ceiling above you right now. And that takes place, the scripture says, that sin, I think in Isaiah 59 too, that sin tends the hearers of God. You don't hear us. So your individual sin does hurt a lot more than just yourself. And one thing it hurts primarily is our ability to witness to other people, you know. Because other people outside the church are judging you all the time, amen? <laughs> and so we ought to be judging ourselves through the Word of God. And, and if the outside world is judging you, let them judge you, okay? But let them have to lie in order to find something to convict you on when it comes to follower of Jesus. They had to lie about Jesus, you know? We shouldn't make it easy for them. But he says, uh, chronically ill or many of even fall asleep... And I, and I believe uh, I believe it takes place at times in order to protect you in a way. I think I can't say one hundred percent on that part of it, but uh, Satan comes to steal, kill, in the story. And if you're getting closer, closer, falling back. You want to walk away from the Lord? I mean, he didn't want to lose you. 
But he has a such a powerful plan for each one of us here, man. And that's to serve him by sharing the gospel with other people and encouraging you. Everything that he has for you is for his glory, amen. And we gotta want that more than anything and then cry out to him and say, God, give me wisdom, give me direction. He says, uh, again, the other part of 30, uh, 31 now, if you do not sit in judgment of others, you will avoid judgment yourself. Otherwise, condemning everybody else, you know. It's easy to look at Jeff and condemn him for what he's doing while I'm doing the same thing. Right? Or, or talk about other people. Uh, you know, man, look what they're doing, you know. They call themselves a Christian and they're doing this. Okay. But what are you doing? Concentrate on yourself. You don't know where this person's coming from. You don't know how much God's already cleared up in their life, you know. And I truly believe if if you're drawing attention to somebody, like, oh, man, look what they're doing. Well, maybe you should go over and speak to them. Maybe you go over and say, hey, man, I see what's going on in your life. I've been there. Uh, yeah. Can I pray with you today? You know, when they say the following of Jesus and they're still lacking that, uh, and say, hey, what's going on? Can I help you? And... Uh, Instead of talking about someone, reach out a hand to help them. In verse 32, But when we are judged, it is the Lord's training, so we will not be condemned along with the world. So then, my fellow believers, when you assemble as one to share a meal, share respect for one another and wait for all to be served. If you are that hungry, eat at home first. So when you gather together, you will not bring judgment upon yourself. And when I come to see you, Paul says, I will answer to the other questions you asked me in your letter. And other questions in the letter about, you know, why are women talking in church? <laughs> you know? And a lot of people will oh, look at this one here. Women, she ain't supposed to talk. But no. They were talking to their husbands a lot of times. Was, hey, what did he say? And someone filed a complaint about it. Okay? And he was adjusting. So, women don't ever think you can't talk in church. That you can't praise the Lord. You can't teach. You can't preach. But he said, I'll pour out my spirit upon your sons and your daughters. But there's other letters that Paul would address later on. But the whole thing was, was looking at the culture back then. They'd come together. We would probably call it a reunion, you know. Have all the churches come together. Have a big picnic and stuff. And they were having issues back and forth. And, uh, and so... We break down the smaller level say, listen, let, let there be a, a heathenness in the church. Let's watch out for one another. Let's pray for one another. Let's put other people first, you know. And share what we have, is, is what Brother Paul was saying. Remember today, again, that Jesus Christ has already died for our sins. He doesn't want us to forget that. Not that He, doesn't, not that he wants you to bow down to all of you. It's that he don't want you to forget that your sins have already been paid for. Don't let the weight and the burden of the old sin shut you up and take you down. If Jesus says you're renewed, Debbie, you're renewed. Things in the past is over with. You know, pick up your cross and follow through the Master. As he died for us, may we allow our selfishness to die for other people. Amen? Amen. God is awesome this morning. He's always awesome. Let's just take a, a moment or two and just examine our hearts, you know, and just, uh, man, I mean, to do what Jesus established 2,000 years ago, 
and, and to be around our table per se, that He is, His presence is here. Yeah, yes, Master. We continue to follow you. Thank you for dying for my sins. And help me, help me to resemble you more, to be a great ambassador for you. And Father, we do. Father, we don't break bread today lightly or drink from the cup. We remember your unselfishness that you had for us. We see that how much love God has for us that His Son, His only begotten Son, to come on this earth, to take on flesh, to go through all the suffering and the hurt and pain, and every emotion that we could ever have. He He had every temptation came His way, but He, he sinned not. He went to the cross. Father, we saw a time where Jesus said, Father, not my will, but Your will. So we know that Jesus struggled at times, Father God. And doing what you called him to do. And Father, that's the same as us. We can struggle at times. But we just take a moment and we just concentrate on you and the purpose you have for us, the reason that we're born again, and the reason why we're still here. May I strengthen us to be your servants. That we may carry our cross. That we may go to others and share the gospel. Even when we are rejected as they rejected Jesus. Even when they are made fun of like they made fun of Jesus. Even at times when we're spat on. We're cussed out. Rejected. Some family members turn their backs on us. God, may our hearts not get cold or hard. They just don't know yet. Same as we were at one time. So may the love for you and the love for others to be rescued from this world. May that motivate us more than anything else. May we have spiritual eyes and ears to hear and see. And a voice to speak. Truly will make a difference in this world, Father. Just as you have made a difference in our life. Father, do forgive us. We know we are under the blood of Christ, been redeemed. That sacrifice was the pitiation of all sins. That there's nothing else that needs to be done. So we just bow before you and thanking you, Lord. Thank you for redeeming us. Thank you for your love and your mercy and your kindness. Thank you that through your broken body and through the blood, we have healing to our bodies. And we declare that today over ourselves, over our minds, our bodies, over every organ of our body, our heart, lungs. Couldn't we just cast down that spirit of cancer against, come against our bodies? We speak to our lungs in the name of Yeshua, the inhale and exhale. Option levels be raised up, diabetes be removed, Father be restored. We have a sound mind in Christ. Oh Father, we praise you, Lord. A sound mind. Every aspect of our body is made whole in the name of Yeshua, and we claim that today, Lord. We speak healing across our nation. We speak revival across this nation. And that's protection of our children and our children's children. May always be this is what we are. Amen. And we are. I mean, we're here, no matter where we're at. And we love the Lord. We follow Him. Been redeemed. You know? This is who we are. The Bible describes you as a peculiar person. You're different than the world. 
He's been brought out of the world. I know the old man still fights you. You have a new spirit. But the old man is still, he's still, I'm telling you what, remember, that Holy Spirit was inside of you like a lion tamer inside of a lion's cage. Okay, he's got the whip, he's got the strength, he's got the power. The lion just hasn't learned to submit yet. But the more that lion roars, or the more of that, and the more the lion roars, and the more that whip comes up, sooner or later that lion is going to be in submission. That's with yourself. The Holy Spirit, if I describe him that way, is the whip. The Word of God. And you allow that to take access and priority in your life. That old man that keeps raising up, that wants to, don't want to die, will be under control. He still might growl once in a while. But he's not going to devour you as long as Christ is in the center of your life. And never, ever give up. For some of us, we just need to hang around different people. We need to be around people that's going to influence us in a positive way. Gotta get away from all the naysayers and all. It's just, uh, you might have to turn the channel on your television set, you know. Uh, shut off Howard Stern or whoever that guy's name is, you know. Uh, and just let the positive word of the Lord come into your life. He says to concentrate on things that are good and pure. Not on the terrible stuff. We're going to hear terrible stuff. We're in the way we have to, to a degree to know how to pray. What to pray for. But man, let everything be positive in your life. And it can be that way. If you have to be around negative people all the time, and maybe you're stuck working with people who are negative all the time, that can happen. Okay. But they can't get inside your head. Right? You can be right there on a... On, on a Assembly line or whatever, they're just going meh, meh, back and forth, complaining about everything, you know, in your head. And say, Jesus loves me. Yes, I know. You know, you make your own song up in your head that way, you know. And I'm really good at that, making things up when it comes to singing and stuff. But uh, and this is who we are. We're followers of Jesus. We fell in love with Him. We decided, man, this is what we want. We're here to encourage one another, pray for one another. Again, speaking the word. Speaking that word of God out, um, I didn't get to see the bulletin yet. I printed them out, but I, I'm assuming there's a declaration on the front page again. I mean, it's kind of—I offered last night to make up the bulletin, and Carol has more wisdom than I do. She says no, uh, so she's sitting in her recliner like this, her arms like this. I got the typewriter laying on her stomach, and she's done this <laughs> back and forth. So, <laughs> oh, here we go. On the front page it says, Lord Jesus, I acknowledge you are the Prince of Peace, and I receive your peace as I keep my mind on you. You give me peace, not as the world gives, for you have overcome the world. I allow the peace of God to rule in my heart. Colossians 3.15, Isaiah 9.6, and John 16.33. And it, it's, you give me peace, not as the world gives. And that peace comes again as we receive Him, but as we concentrate on His Word and who He is and His promises. Because the peace that you're trying to find in the world, it's not going to last forever anyway. Because why? Because you ain't going to be here forever. We're going home. We're going up. So we need to concentrate Him and His peace. That way when you walk down the street and someone's... Hmm, 
not friendly to you? Hey, have a great day. You can say that. Why? Because that sidewalk ain't my home. Yeah. That dining room table I'm sitting at, you know, that ain't my home. Okay? It's the Lord. I'm passing through. And really, really it's a positive thing in a way. Because if you're walking out there and and someone's insulting you, don't want you, it's a positive thing that that's the Spirit of God that's insulting people. <laughs> or offending people, I'll put it that way. Just walk in a room. Have you ever walked in a room and you thought, oh, I come in the wrong place? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's the same way here. I mean, I've, during the week people walk in here, man, I feel this peace in here. It's because the presence of God is here. Because the presence of God is living in you. And sometimes that offends people. So, man, I think, I hate you. Oh, thank you. I love you. You know? I got a hate-love relationship going on in the streets right now. You know what I'm saying? He still was looking at me. I had more garbage out front today, you know? Uh, but that means that, you know, I think it's funny now in a way because I believe he's leaving them things out there because he knows I'm going to pray for him. You know, we had a good conversation this week earlier. Uh, it went pretty well. Uh, but yeah, so I know I'm in his head. The Lord's in his head, so I just want to get the Lord from his head down, down into his soul. <clears throat> I think that's going to take place for sure. So, But his peace, the Lord's peace, and I know some of you are in a lot of turmoil right now. You're working in places that, man, and you thought, okay, God, you know, Friday night we gather here for a get-together, and we could still, for two hours, I'll get in trouble for it, you know. And now some of you are saying, man, Lord, we've just... Homicide one hour. <laughs> if we don't get in trouble for homicide, Lord, that ain't gonna happen, you know. That's not gonna take place. But God, I just call upon the Lord, just let Him bring that peace over you. He'll give you one more day. One more day of faithful serving Him. And you're making a difference in people's lives. A great big difference. But today as we look at the Advent brief and second Sunday of Advent, can we talk about the peace? That Lord bring this in a couple of scriptures that you're going to write down. Uh, I don't know if you're doing an Advent wreath at home or not, or you don't have to do one, but you can sit there and maybe open your Bible up more often or share scriptures with people who might come into your house. Or not, sit there by yourself and read it. Hey Lord, I'll read, I'll read your word today. Okay, I'll listen to you, the Lord says. But it says that the second candle of Advent is a candle, candle of peace. It's sometimes called a Bethlehem candle to remind us of the place in which preparations were made to receive and cradle the Christ child. Peace is a gift that we must be prepared for. God gives us the gift of peace when we turn to Him in faith. When we turn to Him in faith. When we turn to Him in our own righteousness. Mm-mm. When we turn to Him with all our money, in faith. Think of that. And I really think that's something to contemplate on this week, you know, as you turn to Him in faith. How many people have faith in Jesus today? We all raise our hands up. And folks, that's all it takes. It's faith in Him. There's nothing in your life that you have that you can give to Him that compares to faith. That's what I want you to do this week. 
I really believe the Lord wants you to concentrate on that faith that you have in Him. And that reconciles Him with Him. And it's not the things in the past, not the things you're doing today. Putting faith in Him, that He's truly the Son of God, that He truly died for our sins, rose up again. And that you received Him, that you invited Him into your life. Again, when you come in, the seed of faith was planted in you, if I put it that way. And it's going to grow. As it grows, it shoves out more and more of the old stuff that is in there. Just have faith in His Word. Don't go by feelings. We talked about that. I think Carol did last Bible study we had. It's not feeling. It's faith. Sometimes, you know, you feel like you're on fire for the Lord, don't you? But the other day, he's like, man, why do you want me? Anybody ever like that? But even when you, on the days that you feel like, man, why do you want me? Your faith, it's, it's you. It's still the same person. You know, ladies sometimes, uh, and men don't care, I don't think, but ladies, my wife, I always pick my wife. She'll put on an outfit that she wore three weeks ago, and she'll say, hey, you know, three weeks ago, she'll say, hey, does this look all right? Yeah, it looks fine, hon. Well, three weeks later, she'll put on the same one. This is right. I said, honey, I told you three weeks ago, it looks fine. You know what I'm saying? But she got to be reminded, you know. Myself, I wear jeans and a white shirt. I don't have to worry about that. And that's where we have to be with the Lord. We got faith in Him. Don't matter if you feel like you're on fire for the Lord today or not. It's not you. If you think, man, I would pray for Vicky today, but man, I'm just not into it. And then we're not, we're missing the picture. Because it's not about me, it's about the Lord. You know? And we, we, we have those moments, but don't let the moment stop you from knowing the Lord called. Because less of us and more of Him. You know? Lord, okay, I'm going to pray, but God's got to be you today. The stark is always than me. Yes, I know, I know, I know. And you speak the Word of God out in faith, and man, He gets all the credit for it. You know, don't wait till a day that you feel like doing something uh, before you do it. If you, if you called you do it, just do it. And man, just watch what takes place, you know? Yeah. You say, well, it wasn't me. It's Lord. It's like me up here. I'm a very shy person. I know we laugh about that, but I am. Always was. Until the Holy Spirit got a hold of me. And I step up here because of Him, you know? Now He can't shut me up. But, uh. But in John 14, 20. Well, hang on a second here. The prophet Isaiah calls Christ the Prince of Peace. Through John the Baptist and all the other prophets, God asks us to prepare our hearts that He may come in. Our hope is in God and His Son Jesus Christ. Our peace is found in Him. We want to light this candle today remind us that He brings peace to all who trust in Him. Trust in Him. Again, getting rid of ourselves, trying to do it our way. Men, we had the worst time because we got to fix everything, don't we? And some ladies the same way, but trust God. Trust Him for the wisdom. Trust Him He's going to take care of things as we honor Him in our life. It brings peace to us. John fourteen twenty seven. Jesus says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Do not let your heart be troubled, nor let it be fearful. In Romans 5, 1, it'll be a second scripture for you for the week if you want to. Therefore, being justified by faith, 
we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Again, all goes back to faith. Man, just let your faith continue to grow. Faith comes, how we get faith? If faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. So every time you read the Scripture, it's going to build your faith. And His Word does never, ever, ever come back void. Remember that. He's making a difference. He's making a difference in your life. Remember, yes, He redeemed us from our sins, but He's also the healer, the strengther. He's the wisdom, comfort. Wow. Deliverer. Yeah. That's all. Boom, that's all in there. Amen. Don't let, don't let Satan try to come and steal what God's given us. Well, may the good Lord bless you and keep you. May he cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. And may he turn his face towards you and grant you peace. And may you walk in the victory that the Master won for us at the cross. May the blessings that God gave Abraham rest upon you and your household and upon every generation that's following after you. All this to God's glory. In Jesus' name, amen, amen.